Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by myself, Danny Perez. Today's episode, we have Hunter Laszlo. Hunter is a former college hockey player at SUNY Brockport in upstate New York and current assistant coach of the Bismarck Bobcats in the North American Hockey League. On this episode, we had a couple technical difficulties, so pardon me for that. I, I tried to make the corrections as best as I could and fill people in on what we were talking about and what my responses were to each thing that he was saying. So uh, bear with me on that, but I'm excited to share this episode. It's a lot of great information and Hunter talks about his experience in, in hockey and his career in both juniors and college and making the transition from his playing career to his coaching career and talks about his advice to young players kind of working through the ranks and trying to earn college scholarships and what it takes to play in the North American League and what he looks for as a coach. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Shift Group. Shift Group aims to help athletes navigate life after sports within the technology industry by providing support, education, and finally setting you up with the various companies they work with so you can hit the ground running. Shift Group is founded by athletes for athletes. They understand the feeling of having to hang up the skates or cleats and want to help athletes make a smooth transition into a competitive, goal-oriented industry that is fueled by the attributes all athletes possess. If you're interested in working with Shift Group to begin a career in tech, then head over to our website, monkeymindathletes.com backslash partners and click work with Shift Group. From there, it will take you to their inquiry page where you can input all your information. Make sure you type in Monkey Mind under the Where Did You Hear About Us section. Then under that, you click Submit, and someone from Shift Group will promptly reach out to you and get you rolling on your new career in tech. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD, Inc. Daily Dose CBD, Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose meets an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, we got Hunter Laszlo on today. So I uh, I know Hunter from the Eastern Hockey League where we played juniors together, or against each other. He was with the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs and played his college hockey at SUNY Brockport and coached, got the coaching started at New Hampshire Junior Monarchs. And uh, now he's the assistant coach of the Bismarck Bobcats in the North American Hockey League. So, Tom, man, welcome. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, excited to finally get this going. We've been trying to get going for a bit now, so excited that uh, that our schedules worked out here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've been following you, following the podcast, and obviously you for a while now. And uh, glad we could finally connect to make this happen. Uh, obviously, super excited to to be on and chat with you. Yeah, no doubt. Um, obviously, gave you a brief introduction introduction there, but if you want to just go uh, go in deeper there and introduce yourself and tell everybody about you know kind of where you got your start in hockey, your hockey journey, where you're from, and you know, kind of, uh, you know, how you got to where you're at now and how your experience is going. Yeah. Um, again, uh, my name is Hunter Laszlo. Um, I'm originally from Southern California. Um, grew up playing inline hockey um, in Southern California and uh, Irvine, to be specific. Um, grew up playing out of the Wayne Gretzky inline center um, in Orange County and 
uh, got into ice hockey uh, probably when I was five or six um, after I learned how to skate on, on rollerblades and um, kind of fell in love with the game. Um, my dad got my brother and I into the game. Um, it was always his favorite sport growing up. My dad was a collegiate soccer player, um, but it was always his favorite sport growing up and um, family could never necessarily afford it. So he wanted to obviously provide for us what, what necessarily wasn't available for him. And so uh, gave us every opportunity to, to get on, whether it was uh, inline skates or ice skates. And um, we just kind of ran with it. And uh, so played youth hockey and, and Bantams and that kind of stuff growing up in California. And then um, relocated to, to South Florida uh, when I was Bantam. So played two years of Bantam hockey in, in South Florida and Pembroke Pines. Um, and then my uh, junior year in high school, uh, I moved out of the house and went to boarding school and at Tilton School in, in Northern New Hampshire and Tilton, New Hampshire, about an hour and a half from Boston North, um, where I played two years, my junior and senior year of high school. Um, and then shortly after that, um, I went 40 minutes south to, to Manchester, um, where I ended up playing against you, Danny, and, and uh, spent three years playing juniors uh, for Coach Fru and um, under coaches Frank Ole and Antonio D'Alessio. Um, which were, were some of the best years of my life there. Um, hockey wise, um, grew as a person there. It was pretty awesome. Um, and then from there went on to, to SUNY Brockport up in Western New York, um, where thankfully I was able to finish my career, uh, obviously with COVID happening the last couple of years, uh, a lot of guys weren't able to finish their careers, but I was able to finish my career, um, stay healthy for, for most of my career injury wise. And, um, yeah, so that, that was my start, uh, with hockey. And then when, when that ended, um, my, my senior year of college, right at graduation, um, that's when COVID, COVID hit my senior spring of my senior year and um, kind of was, was left with not a whole lot of options in terms of, of jobs because COVID had just started. A lot of stuff was shutting down. Um, the country was a little bit in shambles. And um, I reached out to, to Ryan Frew, uh, my old coach at the Monarchs, and said, hey, would you be able to help me out? Uh, with an internship or something like that for my degree. And he said, why don't you just come coach for me instead? Um, I jumped on it and moved down to back to Manchester uh, as soon as school ended and, and uh, went back and, and started putting on a jacket and standing on the bench instead of the Monarch Jersey and, and coached the, the U16 team there and, and helped out with a couple others and ended up uh, becoming the NCDC assistant coach when unfortunately Ryan Frew passed away um, unexpectedly. That um, was kind of a, a a very dark time in the organization and obviously an awesome human that was lost. Um, I know it affected a lot of people and, and I know, you know, him, Danny and you guys had a, a decent relationship and he was a special mm -hmm. person. And, um, so he kind of gave me my start. And then, um, this past off season, I, I got a call from, from Lane Sedevy, uh, the head coach of the Bismarck Bobcats and, um, offered me the assistant coach job here in Bismarck. And, um, I jumped on it a year into coaching and a year out of college. Um, felt pretty fortunate to be able to offer the, this position to be able to jump into the North, North American league, which um, in my opinion is, I mean, you obviously have the, the USHL, but um, North American league is a, a really good league. And, and I think a good stepping stone um, in terms of a coaching career. And um, that's where I sit now. So I'm in Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, assistant coach with Bismarck Bobcats. And um, that's where I'm at now. And that's where I'll be for a little while. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congratulations to you, obviously. And we've been staying in touch uh, throughout all this. And you guys are, making a run for it right now and you guys are doing well heating up at the right time so it's super exciting for you and you know obviously going in the right direction with your coaching career and yeah it's unfortunate what happened with Fru but type of guy he is you know I had a great relationship didn't even play under him you know what I mean and he was a great guy and um you know having him give you your start in coaching and 
giving you that opportunity. It, it's awesome. And, you know, obviously you're, you're making it, uh, you're making it pay off for yourself here in the coaching world. So that's awesome. Being able, being, being able to have guys like you, you know, in the coaching circuit now is beneficial. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And yeah, he was a, he was a special human, even people who didn't know him personally or, or play for him or anything like that. He, he touched so many people in the hockey world and um, he was such an incredible person and, um, and whether, you know, he was, you were the kid that scored on him on the other team five times, he was going to give you respect and, and mm-hmm. tell you what a good hockey player you were and what a good person you were. And he was always friendly and smile after the games. I mean, we might be enemies during the, the 60 minute game, but, but after the game, he's going to give you a hug. And um, he's one of the best people I've ever met in my life and had the pleasure of, of playing under and then just having that friendship uh, throughout college and, and, um, and beyond and um, super sad uh, that he passed away unexpectedly and, uh, left to left behind three beautiful children and, uh, and a beautiful wife. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to obviously make him proud. Um, he's a, he's a big reason of, of why I'm sitting here today in the position I am and the person I become. So, um, I just try to make him proud every day. Yeah, man. That's uh, he is an awesome, he was an awesome guy and, um, very unfortunate. And he was one of the really genuine good guys in, in hockey. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, very sad but for sure. And um, you're spot on with about, you know, whether you were the guy on the other team who, who had scored, you know, you know, five goals against him, he was going to give you respect. He was great to everybody. Everyone enjoyed seeing him, his, uh, you know, his face and um, always in a great, great mood, great attitude and always come in for the dap and the big hugs. So that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But, um, and I remember no, going up on a, on a tour when, when you're your first year at Maine. Uh, I remember he brought us up there up to Maine for preseason and then you gave us a little tour of the rink and I remember meeting with you uh, your freshman year. So, um, and again, that just little relationship, you never played for him, but uh, yeah. obviously, obviously a good hockey player and competitive and we obviously knew each other and played against each other and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, it's just those little things that, that you look back on and you smile about. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. But yeah, talk about the, your junior experience and, and how that w- went for you and um, kind of like your journey navigating through that. Yeah. So um, out at, out at Hilton, um, I, I ended up uh, getting a call from, from Ryan um, asking me to play in a, a Pittsburgh high school America showcase uh, when I was still at Tilton. Um, so I remember uh, getting that phone call and then getting picked up from, from prep school and, and driven down to his house. And then we got to the airport and basically played in a, in a showcase out in Pittsburgh. Um, had a good weekend with a couple other guys um, from Tilton that I went to school with. And then a couple guys like John Grassy was out there on that team. Um, a couple other guys that ended up playing with and um, had a good performance. And he said, uh, he said, let's go. I want, I want you to play for me. And um, I was all in. Um, played in some summer showcases to convince uh, the assistant coach, Frank Golden, who I know, you know, um, yep. and uh, again, had some, had some good weekends and, and got myself uh, a Jersey on that team and um, absolutely loved uh, the culture there and, and everything that, that uh, the organization stood for uh, awesome people um, from, from women that work in the front office um, all the way to coaches, all the way up the entire organization. Um, Loved walking into that rink every day. Um, was fortunate enough to to wear a letter for for two of my three years, and um, took a lot of pride in that. Um, and then, obviously, fortunate enough uh, to my last year to be able to win a championship. Um, a lot of hard work and blood, sweat, and tears uh, I put into that organization and time and effort. And um, it was really nice to be able to be rewarded at the end of it. Um, I wasn't able to actually play in that final playoff series. I ended up 
um, blowing up my knee a little bit. Um, but uh, I remember our last game we had, I hadn't played. We were down in Philly. Uh, I'd swept the first two games and and brought it back home to be able to win it on home ice. And I, I mean, I really couldn't even walk, let alone skate. And I mean, I played 140 plus games for for Ryan and for the Monarchs in, in three years. And um, I remember walking into Ryan's office that that day and uh, basically demanding that he dress me, saying that I I am not going to be sitting in the stands my final game, uh -huh. but three years into it. And he was like, nope, you can't skate. Nope, nope, nope. Uh -huh. and, uh, I ended up going down to the locker room about two hours before the game, putting all my gear on and then walking back upstairs and saying, I'm playing. You don't have to play me. I'll dress as the backup goalie. I don't care, but I will be on that bench when this happens tonight. <sighs> we ended, he ended up letting me and we ended up uh, winning it. And it was, uh, I mean, a highlight of my career for sure. And um, love that place. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to go back there. Um, and that's, well, I was fortunate enough for Ryan to give me my, my start in coaching. And um, I mean, there was a lot of ups and downs in, in my junior career. Um, obviously dealing with, with injuries, um, some minor and some major, but um, those were some of the best days um, of my, of my playing career, but also um, dealt with some, some definitely some toughness and, and some adversity there. Um, I think, I think everyone does in junior hockey. I think it's a very testing and trying time for, for a lot of kids and um Definitely went through some dark times, but uh, was able to come out on the, on the right side of it and um, able to play four years of collegiate hockey after that. Yeah, we'll get into the, the college part here um, shortly, but just, I guess, reflecting back on your junior career, um, those ups and those downs, obviously you could talk about however much you want to talk about, but just kind of reflecting back now and having that coaching experience that you have right now and, and having this newfound perspective and, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but um, what are some of the big things that you learned and some of the, you know, types of adversity that you went through and um, things that you could kind of help navigate the new wave of, of players navigating junior hockey, whether they're currently in it or, you know, seasons are starting to wind down, players are starting to try out for junior teams or get scouted, make that route um, happen for themselves. So what are some of the, you know, whatever you can, like I said, whatever you feel like getting into, but um, I guess suggestions for navigating and how you went about navigating um, that junior experience, the ups and the downs and, and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, a different perspective standing on the other side of the bench uh, since I've been done playing. Um, and I've done a lot of reflecting, um, especially now that, that I'm coaching kids, I'm in the exact opposite spot as I was. Um, I used to be the, the kid getting told something and now I'm the guy telling it to the kid. Um, mm -hmm. But, but I mean, looking back, um, there was obviously times where, where you, everybody wants to play division one hockey, right? Uh, that's obviously the goal and every kid playing hockey growing up wants to play in the NHL, but uh, eventually you gotta be realistic with yourself and your abilities. Um, and I mean, coming out of high school, I always had that dream of playing division one hockey. Um, in my mind, it was basically D one or bust. Um, mm -hmm. And so obviously when you're not performing, um, when you see other guys getting commits, um, that's a, that's a tough thing to deal with mentally for yourself. But again, um, I think the biggest thing was, um, I guess just performance wise, I dealt with some ups and downs and some injuries, um, had a lot of shoulder problems and stuff like that. And, um, kind of sent me into, you know, some darker times and where you were, when you play junior hockey, there's a lot of downtime. Um, obviously you're at the ring for four or five hours a day, but, um, when that's over, you got the whole day to, to, to do something. And, and sometimes you end up sitting around, um, kind of acting like a bum. Um, and kind of drowning your own sorrows. But 
Um, I found a good way to, to, to do that was stay active um, and everything. Oh, life can always be worse. Um, I always try to put things in perspective. Like if, if my shoulder's hurting, well, I, I, everything could be worse. There's someone down the road uh, that may have just lost a loved one or, you know, lost a leg, something insanely crazy. Um, but again, put things in perspective about how fortunate I was to be in the spot I was. My parents were able to provide for me. I was in a spot where I was playing. I was um, able to wear a letter and, and hold that honor for two years. Um, so I think, think the biggest thing is, I think some guys, um, like, like I've watched some, a lot of your episodes and um, I think some people need to talk about it, uh, open up to someone, share what they're going through. Um, and then I think other, other people like, like myself, there was other ways for me to, for me to basically uh, decompress and, and kind of deal with my emotions or, or whatever I was dealing with. And, and that was trying to be as active as possible using exercise as, as my therapy, I guess you could say. Um, if I was feeling some frustrated, whatever it may be, um, it was just finding something to channel that emotion into something positive. Um, and now obviously on the other side of the bench, um, I think it's, it's definitely different. I mean, I'm, I'm still young. I'm, I'm 26 years old, but um, I think the game has changed um, and the types of kids have changed as well, even from when you and I were playing, Danny. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, you just can't be necessarily as, as hard um, on kids sometimes. And you got to know which kids uh, you can push in certain situations and, and what you can and can't say to certain kids. Cause one kid may react well to, to you being hard on them. Um, and another kid may, may fold up and crumble. Um, when, when you call them out for something. So I think it's just knowing that everyone's different um, and there's gotta be multiple ways for you to go about things, um, whether that be dealing with difficulties, whether that be the mental side of the game, the physical side of the game, um, anything like that. I just think um, now that I'm a coach, I, I try to be the player's coach that, that uh, Ryan was to me. Um, I always have an open door. Uh, if you're dealing with something that has nothing to do with hockey, um, you can always come talk to me. Uh, I'll talk to you like a friend and not like your coach. Um, but again, I also want to have that relationship where, where um, you know, when we talk about the game that, that you understand and listen to what I'm saying too. And so I think it's kind of a, a give and take with everything. Um, and so now that I'm on the bench, um, I just try to try to give back to, I think back when I was playing and what I was going through and I try to communicate that, that saying, Hey, I was in your shoes before, and this is how I dealt with it. Everybody's different, but uh, you can't just dwell on it. You got to be able to, to do something about whatever you're going through. Yeah, no, everything you said is spot on. And I, I think it's important, you know, that you do do things like that and have that open door policy where players can come in and talk to you um, about whatever it is. And you could take off that hat of being the coach and put on the friend hat. And I think it's important for players to have access to that within a coach. Um, I think that that directly correlates to poor or positive on ice performance. Um, I think things are starting to trend that way with coaches. I think people are starting, you know, coaches are starting to be more open to having regular discussions with their players, which is a great thing to see. But obviously you being young and fresh out of the game and knowing it firsthand, um, that's awesome that you're able to do that for your players and have that recent playing experience and, and you know, have that conversation with them. Um, but another thing you talked about was the junior aspect of it and how there is a, a lot of free time. Um, and that, that free time can be your best friend or, or it cannot. And I know for me at times it wasn't, and obviously for you at times it wasn't, but I like you talked about channeling that into positive energy and um, using exercise as your outlet and, um, you know, staying active. I think it's important for a lot of players to know going into juniors that, hey, yeah, this is a great time to, 
to develop and to focus on hockey, but there is a lot of free time. And I think that when you go from where you're, whether you're playing high school or whatever the case is, I feel like life goes really busy of, you know, you know, whether you're a multi-sport athlete, which some players are, um, you know, school all day, hockey practice, maybe another practice or maybe a workout, whatever the case is, your whole day scheduled and you're running around doing stuff, family stuff. And then all of a sudden you're on your own. You're at the rink from eight or nine to 12 and the rest of the day is open. I think being able to navigate that and going from that fast paced life to a slow paced life and having all that free time, it, it, it players need help navigating that. And you being in that, in the junior circuit, I think is awesome to help players do that. But um, yeah, just, I think finding a way to stay active or doing something that keeps your brain from just sitting there thinking for hours on end or just playing video games. Like that's, that's an important piece of it too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that everyone's different in how they process things too. So like exercise was my outlet for, for what I was going through, but everyone's different. It could be reading a book. It could be talking to your mom or your dad. It could be drawing a picture. It could be playing a guitar. I mean, there's, there's a million different ways for you to channel your, your feelings or your emotions or anything like that. I just think you got to find something that you can stay steady with and that you can always lean on um, when you don't feel the best or you're dealing with something that's tough. Um, I just think you have to have some sort of some sort of release valve um, to kind of channel those emotions to be able to deal with that. And um, I do feel like I can, uh, players relate to me a little bit just because I am young. Um, I was in their shoes doing the exact same thing not too long ago. Um, so it's not like I'm a, you know, 60 year old guy who, who hasn't played juniors in 35 years or whatever. And um, I'm trying to tell kids that I know what it's like and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, a lot of things have changed um, in the last mm-hmm. 20 in, in the world and, and in sports. And um there's a lot of things that you that you could do 20 years ago that you, you can't even think about doing anymore, um, especially with social media and all that stuff. And I think um, social media is a is a blessing, but it can also be um, be a terrible thing. Uh, I think a lot of stuff um, nowadays is um, that you can just go on the Internet and, and say whatever you want. And and obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion, which I think yeah. is the best thing. But there's also a lot of people that want to tell you your opinion. <laughs> So, yeah. um, so I think uh, social media is a great thing because obviously platforms like this um, and what you're doing is an awesome thing, but I think there's also a lot of, a lot of toxic stuff out there. So um, I think a, a good thing is, is it comes with good and bad things, but um, I feel like I can relate to a lot of players and, and they understand that and they can see that, that I'm being honest and, and that I do know what they're going through or, or at least can relate to it and try to help channel that um, into something positive. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, I think all that is spot on. And I liked what you talked about, um, being able to push different players in different ways. Um, I feel like the game's changing big time that way, where in the old school times, it was always you can just kind of have one sort of blanket coaching style for every player and everywhere you went. I think now things are different. Um, whether you want to say it, that's better, that's worse, whatever the case is, they just are. And I think being able to navigate that and navigate how you coach different players to get the best out of them is super important. Um, I think a lot of players can respond differently to, to different modes of teaching or, or instruction. And I think that being able to navigate that is an important part of being a coach. And that's just how, I guess it, that's just the reality of it. So yeah, I'm happy that you brought that point up. There's certain guys on, on the team now that, that I know I can, I can harp on and kind of be old school with and, and tell them when they're wrong uh, and get on them for mistakes. And then there's other guys that you, you can't do that too, because 
um, they won't necessarily react the right way. Um, and, you know, sometimes you got to stay more positive with guys, even when things aren't going right, instead of trying to, to harp on the mistakes. So yeah, it's, it's about knowing your players, honestly, um, talking to them uh, during practice, just about life and stuff like that too. ask them what they're going through. Because um, if I don't know something's going on, I could, I could say something that might trigger something that I had no clue about has nothing to do with me, but I could say the wrong thing uh, about a kid's mistake or doing something good, whatever the case may be. And I might, um, you know, spark something that he's been dealing with internally. Um, so um, I think the important thing is I try to have conversations with guys just about life uh, during practice and, and around the rink and stuff like that. And we do monthly player meetings individually with, with the coaching staff and each guy just to ask how things are going. Um, something's bothering them. How's their home life, all that kind of stuff, just to make sure that we're covering all the bases and, and that everyone's happy. Um, Cause I think the, like you said earlier, you kind of touched on it, like the mental side of the game leads to on ice performance, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. If you're in the right, if you're in the right mental state and um, I think you, your on ice performance uh, excels. Um, and if you're, you know, dwelling on certain things or, or, you know, if you've been snake bitten and scoring and you just start gripping that stick tighter, um, that's not going to help you. So it's just trying to find that, that mental piece where when you get on the ice that everything kind of falls in place. Exactly. I actually saw this today. It was uh, liked or retweeted by this guy, Dr. Jim Aframo. He's a mindset coach. Um, he wrote this book, Leader's Mind, Champion's Mind, a couple others. But the quote is, your physical ability is not nearly as important as your confidence level and where your head is. Uh, it's by Gino Ariema, who looks to be the UConn uh, basketball coach, maybe. But um, I think that that's so spot on. Uh, you can be the best player in the world. You can work your whole summer to achieving a certain skill or working on a craft. But if you don't have the confidence level um, where it needs to be, and if your head isn't in the right space, um, if you don't work on the mental side of it, then all that physical goes to mush. Like it is, it's, uh, it's, Absolutely. Like, we're, yeah. like we're seeing it more so now too, with, um, you know, just various things like Olympians and, um athletes withdrawing from events like these are the best athletes in the world and we still have people who are like yeah it's it's just like mental health is just whatever like i don't know they're they're pretty mentally strong to get where they're at clearly they have a physical ability but you know it's still um we have to take care of that stuff because athletes are still you know finding themselves needing to pull out of events and get that stuff sorted out which just it goes to show the importance of it all yeah, and I think especially when you're you're an athlete at that caliber, like the top athletes of the world, the Olympians, like you said, um, professional athletes. Again, I, it's like what I said earlier with social media. Um, I think that just there's people out there that that sit on their couch all day, uh, have nothing better to do, and nitpick professional athletes who do it better than anyone else in the world. Um, but if you have, you know, you post a picture of yourself doing whatever, being an athlete, and then you have. 50,000 hate comments on your thing or people DMing you or, or messaging you saying you suck or whatever the case may be. I mean, all that eventually weighs on those shoulders. Um, and, and that's a real thing. That's why I think social media is a great thing, but I think it's also the worst thing. Um, Correct. Yeah. A lot of positives that can come from it, but we've seen, especially um, I think with COVID too, uh, locking people inside and and being having to be sheltered inside, everyone just went to social media basically because I mean, what else are you going to do? Uh, there's mm -hmm. a pandemic going on. Uh, cities were shut down. You couldn't go to restaurants, all that kind of stuff. So everyone was forced to be inside. Um, and I think that was kind of the worst thing. I think a lot of people um, have went through depression and stuff like that from COVID. Um, I know. Uh, 
like suicide rates and that kind of stuff has, has gone up. And, and this past weekend in Bismarck, we just did a suicide prevention fundraiser at, at our game this weekend too. So um, I, I know it's a big thing. And um, so, yeah, I just think that, that it's, it's something we can't overlook. Uh, and I think it's being talked about more and more, but I still think that uh, the bar can be raised. No, I, I definitely agree. And that's awesome that you guys are doing that and, and doing events like that and just raising awareness. I think conversations like this are important. Events like that are important. Um, but it's great when the actions can be tangible. I think talking about it is great and, and doing those events and raising money is, is awesome, but the action needs to be there as well. Um, so I think that you're doing a great job in your coaching, um, with your coaching and having those player meetings um, once a month. Um, I feel like, I don't know if that's a new thing that a lot of organizations are doing. You know, I've been lucky enough to where I've had coaches and people involved in my hockey career that have always had that open door policy, but that's something that's super important um, that you guys do. And just making sure that everything is going on. Okay. At home, everything's personally going on. Okay. With the player um, and asking first, you know, players, we can, we can say as much as we want, Hey, open door policy, come talk to us about anything. It's not how it's going to work. So you guys, having that initiative um, to say, Hey, everything good. Hey, anything at home that we need to worry about? Are you okay? Situation? Good. Great. Okay. You know, that that's the best you can do. Right. I mean, you're not going to force someone to speak if they don't want to, but opening up that and, and constantly having it, you know, in their face, I guess that, Hey, I'm here for you. I'm asking that this is a legitimate resource that I'm here for you to talk about for um, or talk about with. That's huge, and I think it, it's uh, an actionable thing that people could be doing more um, who are in positions like yourself to you know, help benefit their players um, and navigate something so weird that no sport has, like junior hockey. Exactly, and I, I think the, the open-door policy is, is an awesome thing to have, and, and we, we do that here, but um, at the same time, like you get a 17-year-old kid who just moved away from home for the first time, um, living in a billet house on his own, trying to crack a lineup every night, that open door, you can say I have an open door policy, but he may want to say something, but he's just yeah. say it thinking it's going to affect his ice time or that we think he's weak or something like that. Um, and that's why I try to go up to kids myself and I'm not prying for information. If you don't want to mm -hmm. share it with me, it's not my business. I'm not trying to pry at you, but I'm just trying to make it as, as regular as possible where I'm just having a conversation with you. And if you want something, if you want to talk about something, I have two ears that'll listen. Uh, and if you want my opinion or my advice, I'll give it to you. If not, I'll, I'll shut my mouth and, and I'll just listen to you if that, if that's what you want. So um, yeah. just, try to, just try to be as, as much of a friend as a coach. Um, I remember these were the, probably the, some of the best times in my life in juniors and um, I had an incredible coach. And so I, I try to be that player's coach where, um, you know, we can be serious. We can talk X's and O's and systems and, and stuff like that, but we can also, talk about what happened on the weekend with, with a football game or, or whatever's going on at home or a dog or whatever the case may be. Um, just, just open conversation. Due to technical difficulties, the audio in this section of the interview cut out, but I asked Hunter here, what his experience was like in juniors and making that transition from junior hockey to college hockey and what that experience was like in college hockey for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Throughout uh, college, I, I was never a, uh, School was never my forte. It was never a, a strong passion for me being in the classroom um, and playing juniors for three years. I, I didn't take a class for three years. Um, I worked. Um, I got a job and I worked every every year. So we'd have practice, get out at noon and I'd go work from, you know, one to seven or five, or whatever the case may be to, to keep myself busy most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
Um, getting back into school, especially taking three years off of school, um, I don't suggest that to, to anyone right now in the junior circuit. Um, I say keep your brain active in school, um, take a class, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, just just keep your brain going on the academic side. Um, but again, so so I mean, I struggled uh, academically a little bit, um, and it wasn't because. I couldn't do it. It was just, I, I made excuses and I just, I wasn't, it wasn't something I was passionate about um, without hockey. I don't know um, if I would have gone that route. Um, so again, I'm grateful for the sport in, in that sense, but um, was able to, to go with a couple kids that I played juniors with um, Chris Polini and Luke Bennett, who, who I know you've had on the show um, went, went to college with them. And so that was, uh, that was awesome. And um yeah, went through went through some ups and downs. Uh, obviously, college is, is a good time and it's fun. Um, I think I probably had a little bit too much fun um, at certain times. Um, so dealing dealing with that and um, kind of leading me into some dark places. And, and I, I had a really good junior career um, personally, uh, in my opinion, um, almost a point per game. And then in college, um, I, I declined pretty pretty hard. Um, my point production went down. Um, Again, I was still fortunate enough to to wear a letter for two years um, in college as well. Um, but uh, I just prided myself every night on on being the hardest working guy, and whether that meant uh, I put points on the scoreboard or whether that mean I was blocking a shot or, or whatever it may be, I just I always prided myself on my effort, um, and I didn't necessarily do that in the classroom. So it was a big up and down in terms of college of of keeping my academics up and whatnot and getting through the academic side, but uh, hockey was always my release and um, we weren't the best in, in, in college in our division in the SUNYAC. Um, so kind of struggling with, with obviously not having team success. Um, when I was at the Monarchs, we had a lot of success. I played with a lot of good hockey players on, on some good hockey teams there and um, always were, were, were top in that league. And, and then heading to college, um, got some got some rude awakening of, of how good division three hockey is. Um, and where I matched up. And so um, obviously dealing with that adversity, um, but again, uh, just tried to stay as positive as I could um, in my own mind, um, or at least around people, um, try to be that. Obviously we're in a letter, um, take a lot of pride in that. And I know a lot of guys um, looked at, at me and our other captain um, just to kind of steer the ship at some points, like, like any, um, any team with their leaders would. Um, I see the guys in our locker room now looking at our, our guys who wear letters right now to, for direction and stuff like that. Um, so it was an important thing to me and I took a lot of pride in it, but um, college was, was again, a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, I have a lot of friends that have, they'll be lifelong friends from college. Um, but also it was a, it was a difficult one and, and I was ready to be done with it when, when the time came. And I, and I think junior hockey is, is, is obviously junior, there's no other juniors for any other sport. And I think that, that being, being a hockey player, it's, it's rare. Like almost every single hockey player, especially, especially at the division three level is 21 as a freshman. So I think you go in and you're just ready to sort of party. You just turn 21. And I, and I think a lot of this, you can just dodge the academics for a night and, as a 21 year old freshman like myself and, and a lot of hockey players are um, you go in and you want to have some fun. Um, obviously there's, there's the, the temptations and all that kind of stuff. And I think sometimes I let the temptation get the best of me instead of heading to the library to, to hone in on academics. I, I went to the bar instead um, and had some fun and stuff like that. So 
I think it's, it's unique in that sense too, is, um, hockey players are the oldest freshmen and basically the school, um, especially for athletes, uh, especially with basketball and football and all that. There's no juniors for basketball or football or volleyball or soccer or whatever other sport there is. Um, so I think it's unique in that sense. Um, I think you can either be more mature because of that or a little more immature. Um, I'm not sure I think can go both ways, but um, again, I think it's, it's important to be able to, again, control those emotions and those urges, um, especially in college as, as you're spending a lot of money to get an education. And, and that's a, that's a really important part that's going to, you know, help you further in life and, and whatnot. And uh, obviously uh, I did good enough where, where I had a decent GPA and was able to get my diploma, which is, which is the biggest good. thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a graduation because of COVID. We had a, a YouTube graduation, but uh, um, I'll take it. And so um, again, made a lot, had a lot of memories from, from college and, and I love going to Brockport. Um, but again, um, happy to be happy to be done with the academics and and then obviously loving the transition now into coaching. Um, when I was when I was getting done with college, I wasn't sure. Um, sports and hockey has been my entire life since I can remember, um, and I was a little bit worried if if I wasn't in sports, my first job, how how I would transition with with just you know where you go from training every day your whole life in the gym, on the ice, off the ice, everything revolved around hockey, to then all of a sudden your last game's over and then it's done. Yep. And I was, I think I was a little worried about, you know, how I would transition into the everyday normal world desk job, if that was going to be it. Um, and, and I know I wanted to stay in sports and um, now that I'm in the position I am coaching, um, I love it. I still get to go to the rink every day and, and shoot pucks and, and, you know, so be a hockey player in a sense. Um, mm -hmm. Still get to try to dangle goalies, but but damn, they're good now. Uh, yeah. some goalies here, so it's, it's tougher to score. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, I, I love going to the rink every day. I have my whole life, and um, I still enjoy it. And I'm still a student of the game too. Um, I'm young. I'm still learning, especially on the coaching side of things. So um, I never had a problem with with the academic side of hockey. It was always just stuff in the classroom, and so I, I enjoy learning about. Um, you know, whether that be systems or, or different philosophies or anything like that. Um, I'm enjoying the process of, of learning in the coaching world and just trying to, to be a better person and a coach every day. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like to be a, a collegiate athlete, you're the, you're the one percenter. Um, there's a, there's only X amount of schools there's only X amount of spots in every team. So um, obviously you've done, done right uh, to be able to put yourself in that, in that situation. And um I think it's obviously up to each person to make the most of it and take advantage of that. And, and again, I, I, I'm glad you touched on the, the whole balance thing of um, it's okay to, to have fun. Um, but you just got to be able to find that, that happy medium where, um, you know, you can enjoy yourself, but at the same time, uh, make sure you're staying focused on all the tasks at hand and um, yeah. not letting, not letting the fun and, and the easy part of it, um, you know, consume your everyday. Um, again, I think balance is huge um, I'm yeah. glad on that. And, and that's probably the most important thing for, for, for kids in college right now, dealing with obviously the fun, the, the athletics, um, and then the academics. And then obviously, um, the girls in school, that's, that's another thing too. There's, there's a lot of temptation. So, um, I think it's again, glad you touched on the balance. I think that's super important. I asked Hunter his advice to young players, those navigating junior hockey, trying to earn a college scholarship 
and what he looks for in players as a coach in the North American Hockey League. Yeah, I would I would say make the most of, of an opportunity, um, especially especially when you get into the the tier two and tier and tier one level uh, where where it's it's free hockey, um, where it's tuition free. Like I mean, back when we played, we were paying. Um, it was a pay to play league, and um, when you get into especially um, you know the North American League or the USHL, um, where where you don't pay anything and get provided everything. Um, unfortunately, it still is a business. Um, so making the most of your opportunity, um, it's okay to make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, that means you're not trying, um, you're not working hard enough. So, um, I would say it's to be okay with making mistakes. Um, it's just gotta be, um, you guys gotta be able to give effort, um, and consistency and you're going to have off nights and that's okay, but it's, it's kind of how you deal with it. Um, I think that now that I'm on the bench, um, I look a lot at body language, um, how a kid reacts when, when something doesn't go his way. Um, so I think a, a big thing is just being able to deal with adversity um, and, and being able to deal with that, that mental side of things. If you're not in the lineup, um, it's, not a, it's not a time to pout and feel sorry for yourself. It's obviously there's something that, that you can do to, to improve your, your chances of playing every night. So instead of you know, being sad or dwelling on it, um, get on the ice 20 minutes earlier, uh, get in the gym when, when you're not playing that game. Um, there's always something you can do to improve the situation you're in. Um, and I think that goes with sports and, and in life. Um, I think there's always opportunity to, to be able to do something to improve your spot. Um, and so I would just say, um, stay resilient. Um, take, take the criticism as, as constructive as you can. Um, know that when, when a coach or myself is saying something to you, it's not to belittle you or to down you. It's because I want to help you. I want to see you succeed. Um, I want to get you to the highest potential you can be at. Um, and I think the biggest thing, and, and that I look back now is, is the relationship. Like I remember I left juniors and I used to text with Fru all the time. It was the relationship we had built. Um, and, and talking with Lane, our head coach here, he, his favorite part of the game is when players from five, six, 10 years ago text him saying, hey, hope all is well, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's about the relationship and um, just trying to improve kids every day. Um, but the advice would just be stay resilient. You're going to deal with ups and downs, but it's how you deal with that adversity that either gets to you where you want to be or, or doesn't. Uh, it's it awesome to be able to come on and obviously reconnect with you uh, in the past and the past couple of weeks here. And uh, Obviously, love what you're doing here with the podcast, and I hope more and more people can can tune in and listen and um, and just share their story as well and, and know that, uh, you know, you're obviously an outlet, but again, um, I'm an outlet too. There's a lot of people that, that can help each other out there, so um, it's a community, um, and I'm just grateful that I was been, been able to jump on here and share my story and, and chat with you for a little bit, and uh, I want to wish you the best of luck uh, on the journey and, and the rest of the way this year.